Thank you for joining us for the Tucson Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Armstrong. This podcast features the messages from the teaching and preaching ministry at our church. Tucson Baptist Church is located in Tucson, Arizona, and we are committed to loving God, growing together, and reaching our community. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit TucsonBaptist.com. We pray that today's message is an encouragement to you. Thank you so much for being here. First Corinthians, I'd like to preach a message entitled, The Power of the Grace of God. And uh, you probably won't fully understand until the end of the message uh, why this message is so significant, uh, I think, for our church in, uh, in this particular time. Um, for the sake of time, I'm going to quickly read through our text, if that'll be all right. The first nine verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are rich by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed to you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ." God is faithful, by whom ye were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What are the first three words of verse number 9? Can we say that together, the first three words? God is faithful. If you know him as your personal Lord and Savior, that should be something you should be able to say with an explanation point. God is faithful. Can you give testimony of that this morning? Would there be an area of your life where you could share that God has been faithful to you. Father, I ask that in our time together, and the many things that we still have yet ahead of us today, that you would, in this moment, at this time, allow us to be able to focus on your word. Would you help those who are struggling, even at this moment, in Jesus' name, amen. My message is not super long this morning, but I would ask that you listen in this respect. I find that our text has much to say about the grace of God. And as we complete this 2021 year, I'm completely convinced that we have experienced the grace of God throughout this year. And I'd like to share how uh, that we have experienced that in 2021 and how that we should look forward to that in 2022. This message I was going to preach from 1 John, uh, but this became real as I've had a couple conversations with some church folks and visitors over the last two weeks, and the Lord changed my heart uh, about what I should preach this morning. The reality is, is that there's a lot of hurting people. There's people that's hurting over making a decision when it comes to their employment and COVID and vaccines. There's people that have been ostracized from family and there are some who are struggling financially and there are some that is, there's just sin issues and there's just, there's some folks who are really struggling. And then as we went through journey this past week, we met a lot of people. We met a lot of people in a lot of different circumstances and we were able to physically see 
there were people who were hurting. In fact, this morning, I know that there are marriages that are hurting. And there are relationships that are fractured between parents and children. And so there is little doubt that while God's grace has been evident in, at Tucson Baptist Church and that we have benefited from his grace, I do find that this, this Christmas season is difficult for some. And with God's help, I'd like to be able to use the scripture to come alongside and encourage you, no matter what you may be going through this morning. It seems that some set aside God's grace during a difficult time, and they're swallowed up in personal misery and loneliness and self-pity. In our passage, I find four types of people that are mentioned that need to experience his grace right now. And the first group or type is this. The grace of God gives power to those who feel unloved. I am so thankful that we serve a God, that his grace is sufficient to those who even in spite of what you may be going through in your personal relationships and maybe you feel like no one cares, I'm here to say this morning there is one that loves you. There's nothing quite so pitiful to be a person who feels unloved. I received an email last week from the Myanmar Orphanage. 98 children now that do not have parents. And during Christmas season, they won't be worried about where their next meal is coming from, but those who are in leadership in the orphanage will be worried and concerned and trying to figure out where the next meal is going to come from to feed 98 children. Those children are not loved by parents and aunts and uncles and cousins. They're They're loved by those who are in charge. And sometimes that can be frustrating to feel so unloved. There are outcasts who feel unloved. There are people that have been ostracized from family members and they feel unloved. And our text tells us that God loved the church of Corinth. And that he loved them so much that he sent his son. Think about that. God in heaven sent his only son. And we celebrate that at Christmas time as the birth of a baby, but it's so much more than that. Our text tells us that Christ, who came to this earth, he loved the church of Corinth because he was willing to die. God sent his son, but that son was also willing to die for those people. And our text tells us that Paul loved the church of Corinth, and he thanked God for them. And this was a church that was going through some difficulties. May I just say this morning... God loves you, Christ loves you, this pastor loves you, this church loves you, and there are people that love you even if you feel unloved. And I thank God that you are here this morning. I thank God that you're watching via live stream. I I hope that you will come to church and experience the love of other people. It was the year uh, 2000. Um, I just left the business world in year 2000, uh, started in pastoral ministry. And uh, by now, um, uh, as in 2021, I've been privileged to help in or conduct or oversee uh, over 160 funerals. Many of those funeral services, we were able to come alongside and be a help to the family. You remember some of those funeral services because they had military honors or 
um, or, it was a, or it was an unusual death, uh, and, uh, and you remember the circumstances. And then there are some that are sad, that are just sad. My very first funeral service, I'll never forget the lady's name. Her name was Vicki Burge. She had no family, few friends, and I received the call, would I be willing to do her funeral service? I took one of the deacons and we went and there was no one at her home. She had died, passed on. We went to the funeral home and, and uh, there was no one there to pick out a casket. And she had a burial plot uh, uh, that was uh, about an hour away from the church there in Anderson. And uh, the deacon and I, uh, uh, we, we drove down to the graveside service. There were four people there. Four. The deacon, myself, and two people that were going to uh, cover the, uh, uh, the casket with the dirt after the funeral service. I cannot imagine living your whole life and at your funeral service, no one knows you, you feel unloved, and you're buried with just the preacher and a deacon. Folks, I want to tell you this morning, no matter how desperate it may seem, this church and God, they love you. And I want you to know that. And that's what this whole past week was about, was loving our community and letting our people see Jesus Christ. Well, the grace of God gives power to those who feel unloved, but also to those who feel unable. There are some that say, oh, look at all of those talented people that helped in Journey. I have no talents. I can't be used. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm of no value to anyone. You feel unable. And we often feel overwhelmed by the battles all around us and the things that are on television and the music and the liberal news media and the ACLU and the courts and unreasonable COVID mandates and the ever-present sin that seeks to swallow us up. And, well, you know what? We might as well just give up. It's bad. And our attitude is, I can't win. This world is, is terrible. But wait, there is a weapon. And there's a weapon that's available to you. And we read that in verse 5 and 6, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Let's look at a couple of those words. That word enriched is defined as made wealthy or given more than you need. Utterance is described as your collective words, your expressions, or your communication. We are to be communicators of the gospel. And that happens in pulpits, and sometimes it happens in rooms, and sometimes it happens in your place of work, and sometimes in an office, or other times in a restaurant, and sometimes in the hospital next to a bed, and sometimes in the mall. May I just tell you, there's no place that we should not be able to share the gospel. We're to be communicators of the gospel. And that word knowledge means what you perceive or what you come to know. And we all have the ability to have speech and knowledge. But may I just say this morning, what we need is some God-enriched speech and knowledge. Remember that song, Brethren, we've come to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is vain unless the spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray, and holy manna will be showered all around. I'm, and you say, I'm unable. And you know what? We are unable unless we have the Holy Spirit of God. 
Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? If you have, then you have the Holy Spirit of God, and therefore you are able to do that which the Lord would want you to do. In Zechariah, the Bible says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The cause of Christ, the success of this church, will not be based upon our speech. It must be a God-enriched speech. It will not be based on our knowledge. It must be a God-enriched knowledge. I call your... Attention, back to verse number 5. That in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Will you ask God to enrich your speech, to enrich your knowledge? Pastor Armstrong, what difference does that make? Would you turn over just a couple pages to 1 Corinthians chapter 6? You're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 at a couple of verses. It says, know ye not, in verse number 9, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. May I just say, there's some things that if we don't live right, we're, we're jeopardizing our eternity. The Bible and the Holy Spirit must change us. And it allows us to be able to be changed. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, Theology that does not affect the behavior will not affect the destiny. A.W. Tozer said, Theological truth is useless until it is obeyed. God, the Holy Spirit, enables us to do more than we could ask or think. There's a, type, a third type of person I see in the passage of Scripture that we read, and that is this. The grace of God gives power to those who feel unfulfilled. The grace of God gives power to those who feel unfulfilled. Verse 7 says, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Warren Wearsby wrote about this passage of Scripture. When we have bitterness and envy in our hearts, our tongues will express these things. It matters not how spiritual our teaching might be. If the tongue is not controlled by the Spirit from a loving heart, then we are imparting false wisdom. What an amazing quote of conviction. God has a purpose and God has a plan for each of us and he wants us to know it more than, than, than we perhaps want to know it. In the harvest field now ripen, there's a work for all to do. Hark, the voice of God is calling to the harvest calling you. Little is much. If God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a prize and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. You know what the problem is? Is that we rarely do things in Jesus' name. The problem is that we rarely operate under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. J. Robert Martin said, he was a pastor uh, of yesteryear, he said, when you, when you see a division or argument and you want to know which side is right and which is wrong, then check the spirit of those involved. You can tell by their spirit. God wants each of us to have a fruitful life, not an unfulfilled life, but we must do so in Jesus' name, by his spirit and through his grace. Yes, there are those who are unfulfilled. And may I say, it's because we don't live under the power and control of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to live a fulfilled life. 
Are you living a fulfilled life? The grace of God gives hope for those who feel unloved, for those who feel unable, to those who feel unfulfilled. And notice finally this morning, the grace of God gives power to those who feel unworthy, to those who feel unworthy. The truth of the matter is all of us should feel some unworthiness. We do not deserve Jesus Christ. Our sin separates us from God. We do not deserve to have a relationship. But I'm so thankful that the God of heaven looks down and through the prism of Jesus Christ, he looks at each one of us and he says, you're worthy. But there are some of us who live our lives as though we're unworthy to be a Christian, to be a saint. The Bible says, who shall also confirm you or make you stable unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? God is faithful. I'm so thankful for that testimony. God is faithful. Uh, the songwriter said, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. In Romans chapter 7, it says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Now notice this, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm not worthy apart from Jesus Christ. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? They say that a cheetah is the fastest animal on earth. It can reach speeds that would swallow up the fastest human being in no time. However, they say that a camel can outdo a cheetah because a camel can plod along for two days without stopping for a break. A cheetah is good in short burst, but a camel keeps plodding along day by day. Um, the cheetah was not built for distance. The camel was built for distance. There are some Christians who start out really fast and at the first trial, the first setback, they give up and they quit. But there are some who get saved and get baptized and they discipled and along the way they began that journey. And they're like the camel, they keep plodding along and they just won't stop. I'm thankful that our church is full of camels You may not think that's very complimentary, but it is. You keep plodding along, and you don't quit. You don't quit. It's not because of worthiness. It's because of Jesus Christ. Don't quit. Don't give up. There was a famous hockey player who was known for fighting, and he was proud how tough he was. And uh, he was always in what they call the penalty box. One day he went home and his daughter asked him, Daddy, how can you score goals when you are always in the penalty box? How can we 
How can we tell other people about Jesus Christ if we're quarreling and fighting over here? How can we, how can we win this battle for the Lord if we're sidetracked and sidelined because we're unloved and we're unable and we're unfulfilled and unworthy and we're looking at ourselves instead of looking at him? Once upon a time, there was a family of wayward church members. Sadly, in every single church, there's someone who once was faithful, fell by the wayside, and they're out of church. This was one of those families. They had lost all interest and had fallen away. The pastor, deacons had visited them, had tried to intervene, had tried to get this family to come back to church. There was a father and three sons. His son's name were Jim, John, and Sam. The deacons had, had talked with him about their wayward condition and how that this, this dad was going to lose his sons if he, if he had, had completely disregarded church and disregarded God. The preacher visited them. Other church members visited this family. And uh, it did not seem to do the least bit of good. One day, uh, when the boys were out in the pasture, and uh, a large rattlesnake bit John. John became very ill, rushed to the hospital. The physician, after the examination, he pronounced John to be in critical condition. And the, the physician, the doctor at the hospital, all he could say is about all you can do now is pray. Well, who do you think the dad called? He called the church and he asked the pastor if he could, quick, as quickly as possible, come to the hospital. And uh, upon arrival at the hospital, the dad filled him in about John's condition. John was barely hanging on. The dad said, can you please pray for John? And with all the courage that the pastor could muster, he prayed this prayer. O oh, wise and righteous heavenly Father, we thank thee for thou and thy wisdom sent this rattlesnake to bite John. In order to bring him back to you. He's not been inside the church for years, and it's doubtful that he has in all that time felt the need to pray once. Now we trust that this will provide a valuable lesson to him, that it will lead to genuine repentance. Oh, now, O oh, Father, wilt thou send another snake to bite Sam, and another to bite Jim? We've been doing everything we know for years to restore them, but to no avail. It seems, therefore, that all of our combined efforts could do not that all of our combined efforts could not do what this one snake has done. We thus conclude that the only thing left that will do this family any good is rattlesnakes. So, Lord, send us a bigger and a better rattlesnake. Amen. Oh, we laugh at that. Or some of you are not even smiling. But anyway, the moral of the story is this. It's easy to fall away. It's easy to start out like the cheetah. It's easy to get your feelings hurt. It's easy. It, it, it really is. It's easy for someone not to shake your hand and it offends you. It's easy for you not getting selected to sing a special in church or to read scripture or to close in prayer or to be an usher or whatever it is. It's easy to, it's easy to get hurt. But the person who understands that my relationship is with Jesus Christ and him alone will be the camel that keeps plodding along. 
Now here's what's interesting about the camel. They, they say that a camel can be in a blinding windstorm in the Sahara Desert over in, in, in North Africa. And the person on top of the candle can be completely bound up in all of the materials to keep the blinding sand from penetrating and doing damage to their skin. And you know what the camel still does? As long as those reins are loose, the camel knows where to go. The camel keeps going even through the storm. Church family, we've talked with a lot of people here in recent days with Journey. We've had the opportunity to counsel and had the opportunity to deal with some different situations. And may I just say, let's be camels. Yes, there's times that we can feel unloved, unfulfilled, unworthy. Feel that we're unable to do the task at hand. But we need some camels that in spite of the storm, will keep on going. In spite of the blinding sand, the cutting sand, the things that hurt, keep going. Don't give up. Press through. And may this Christmas be a dynamic Christmas, a Christmas that's fulfilling, a Christmas that I understand that my worthiness is found in Jesus Christ. And I will not, I shall not, I will not, I will not give up. Heavenly Father, help me to stay faithful to you. And although it's, a, it's, it's just a parable about the rattlesnake story, but the truth is, is that when you fall out of church, and if you're truly saved, God's going to send something to get your attention. Why allow him to do that? Stay faithful, stay faithful, stay faithful. Because verse 9 of our text says this, God is what? Faithful. faithful. God is faithful. He will be faithful to you and you be faithful to him. Don't quit, don't give up, don't uh, allow there to be excuses. Let's not quit. Amen? Let's do that. 